I've got him down as he's grand too. Yeah. And I never thought I'd write that about Nelly. He's grand (laughs) too. Last week, Scott was wooed by the charms of Noel Gallagher, but not enough to replace Kylie as series winner. And Liam was all about the gangster loving of Eve and Alicia Keys, but he stayed with the twinkly delights of Vanessa Carlton instead. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Scott and Liam here going through every single top 10 single of the Naughties decade because we've agreed it was the last best decade for pop tracks mm-hmm. and we're looking for the ultimate naughtiest one, if yeah. you will. So chronological order, we're in 2003. Two. Two. Um, yeah. <laughs> nearly, we're nearly there though, we are nearly, nearly there. there. And yeah, everyone in order. And each week we choose an ongoing episode winner. So everybody that week fights against each other. Uh, but then that goes head to head with our ongoing series winner. And we love that lots of you play along with us too. Mm, class. Yeah. Loads of you have been getting in touch to say welcome back and stuff. We're recording so far ahead because our lives are so crazy that we haven't actually got any of them to hand. We're just assuming that you have... It's just that's where we are. Yeah, that's but thanks. It. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, we're we're trying to like just manage. Like, we're in a different studio again today, actually, which is a little bit hot and spotlighty, oh, sweltering. And when we've come in, we did have like loads of school children staring at us like we're an actual fish in a bowl. So mm. yeah, I, we'll see I, how it goes. I did say, could I take my trousers off? And then you said no, no, yeah. And I, now I understand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You do have a very nice working men's club t-shirt on. Thank you very much. Um, it's gone a bit green in the wash because I put it in with a new um, mm, Adidas jumper thing. Um, it's just fluff. It's just fluff that's on it. It isn't like dyed. It's just kind of fibres from the from the green. I get that. My brother but bought my little boy well, uh, a dinosaur tile from Amazon for his cri- for Christmas. Mm. Uh, and we go swimming with it and it's got a little dinosaur hood and Aww. we put it through the wash the first time and the amount of green <laughs> that came off it. Um, we had to, like, I literally sat and had to roller, lint roller, yeah. swimming costumes and mm. stuff. And then next time put it in by itself, next time put it in by itself, thinking three washes all the rubbish has come out of it. Nah, no. made the same mistake straight back. It's as if it's going to be a only thing that goes in the wash kind mm. of I get your green pain, but you are yeah. um, you're a new music head at, at heart and the t-shirt represents. Yeah. Well, I wish I could put things in the wash three times on their own, but it's £3.40 for a wash where I live. Oh, yeah, because you've got like a posh little um, well, laundry thing. It's yeah. student accommodation, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you've got to like, you know... Hope Young that- professional accommodation as well. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, you've got to hope that somebody else isn't using the machines. There's only two machines for the entire building, so... You have to kind of... Luckily, now, the shifts I work at weekends, I'm awake at, like, five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday when people are coming back from work, uh, coming back from the nightclubs, and I'm there doing laundry. <laughs> That's the good thing about my new job. Aye. Uh, other things as well, but uh, having that sweet, sweet laundry freedom is is yeah. up there with the best bits Love it, of it. love it. Uh, okay, then, so should we get into some pop tunes? Yeah. Well, I say pop. Once again, we'll have the conversation very quickly of pop being popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, pop stuff today. We have got like Samantha Mumbo, have got Last Ketchup. That's pop music. But I'm categorizing if it got in the top 10, I'm considering it pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. Because obviously genres have to break through, don't they? Well, exactly. Yeah. So things are really heating up. Two massive number ones this week Last Ketchup plus Nelly and Kelly. And the stuff underneath those is pretty significant too with S Club Juniors, Foo Fighters, Big Brothers, Samantha Mumbas, The Mannix, LL Cool J, and Badly Drawn Boy All to Come. Uh, but first. You got a new book? It's an old book that I haven't written in too much, so I managed to go straight to the back. 
Oh, have you yeah. kept the old book with all the old stuff in? Mm-hmm. Well, mate, that that's going to go in the uh, what's the the Smithsonian in well, America? Yeah, well, the difference is so like the front of the books for daytime work, the back of the books for <laughs> podcast <laughs> skiving off. Yeah, and then it depends how good the tracks are because sometimes because uh, I handwrite, you're you're very computerized. Mm. I handwrite and it, um, very much can be half a page or it can be full page, mm. and like there's been less full pages kind of since Kylie took over. Mm. You know, so mm. today I've got a track which takes up basically three pages of A4. Oh wow! Oh, can I just because there's so much backstory to it? Okay. Mm. Okay. There's a few tracks in it that got quite a bit going on. Like a, a few tracks have got quite a bit of, like sort of um, story behind them and a bit of research that you can do. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff today. And all on, if you count the fact of like the interviews we've done of the TNNXs we've done and the main episodes. This is episode 100. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. 100 episodes of this thing. Uh-huh. How exciting. How have we managed that across lockdowns? I don't know. It's, it, it, I, th- I, I think we... I, I know I've given myself a hard time for us not being able to, but as we said before, logistically, it's been a faff because of where we can actually do it. Yeah. Like, we can't do it at home anymore. I wouldn't want to do it at home anymore. Like, don't you can't make me go back inside the house ever again <laughs> and do that. Awful. Your living situation's changed three times, though, hasn't it? Yeah, and it, then, it literally has. Yeah. yeah, and I now have a toddler that either makes noise or when he's asleep, I can't make noise, mm. whereas we had flexibility at the start where I could make noise while he slept. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's changed a lot now as he's got older. So, mm. yeah. But here's to the next 100, but by which time we'll be in, like, 2006, 2007, I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start today, then. This is the week of the 13th of October, 2002. Big TV news. And it's like, it's it's sad to read this because it kind of hasn't really changed that much, the attitudes of this sort of thing. So the ITC, who was the Independent Television Commission, they rejected more than 160 viewer complaints that scenes depicting a gay kiss between two police officers on the bill were not inappropriate. But 160 folks put complaints in saying that they didn't want to see that sort of thing Mm. Before the watershed, we should we should what's it, wedge their eyeballs open and make them More watch like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> make them watch it's a sin. Oh yeah, like really just pin yeah. that down, Ollie Alexander, all over the place. Mm. Go on, mm-hmm. do your thing, son. Back when I was about this age, I was also sending complaints to the ITC. Would you believe? Were you Ge- really genuinely? Oh my god, I got my. Uh, my about I guess she's like she, she feels like an auntie she's she's her, she's my godmother she's my godmother she's called Pam she's lovely and um, there was an advert for Jammy Dodgers that really scared us as a kid all right and she sent a letter of complaint what what happened in the advert that scared you it was these sort of scary it'll be on YouTube it's these to me at the, at the age of six or seven quite scary looking characters in quite an intense advert and there's like jam wrestling but it's just, <laughs> you, know, you know like you know in films they'll say like mild peril on the thing of like it's a PG mild peril uh-huh. it felt very perilous that is so that is so ironic considering your only fans handle is jam wrestler <laughs> like what happened there IPC mm-hmm yeah, we are 40% off this month, by the way, if you want to check Sorry out Sorry if you're on OnlyFans, <laughs> anybody listening, and your actual hand... Do you get? Do you have handles on OnlyFans? Like, is there... Yeah. A, okay. I mean... You don't know. We don't know. Don't know. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jam Wrestler, if Liam isn't really... Unless you are, and I don't know. But yeah. No. It turns out this week that if you did subscribe to OnlyFans, then you might not be able to get a house or a mortgage. Yeah. So seen that lockdown regret. Mm. Um, so tracks that were not <laughs> were not in the top ten. Starting with one number thirteen that I thought was older than this, but apparently not. Thirteen, the Coral, Dreaming of You. Oh, I 
Jam. Uh-huh. Yeah, really good. Nice one. And down at number 80, another kind of Alicia Keys kind of artist too, like, has this really interesting kind of alternative... Uh, niche kind of thing that she does but also kind of goes mainstream too Nora Jones oh god Nora come Nora. away with me come away with me in the night come away with me and I will write you song mm. yeah was that out back then 2002 wow yeah I feel like that's in loads of films. It's in Ted. She because she's in Ted. Oh, is she? She's in the film Ted. Hmm. Mm, she makes a cameo when she sings that song. Uh, and the album chart in number one for Mr. Will Young. It was never in doubt, was it? Oh gosh, never yeah, in doubt. No, it was going to happen. No. And the album was called From Now On. And from now on, uh, it's just all pop stars like him dominating the charts, yeah. except for this week because Will and Gareth were knocked off from the singles chart at number one by a song with ketchup in both the title and the name <laughs> of the artist. Happy days. Uh, this is the last ketchup with Asareje, the As- ketchup song. Asareje, the ketchup song. This is off the debut album High Jazz Del Tomate, I think I've said that right. Mm. And actually, by 2006, this had sold 7 million copies yeah. worldwide. I'm assuming you were a child, you must have known oh, this really well. God, yeah. Every single kid's birthday party, of which at this age there was many of us, because you're in primary school and yeah. like there's one every other week, pretty much. Uh, everyone's doing the song, everyone's doing the dance, everyone's trying to sing along with the Spanglish, even though no one actually knows what they're really saying. Or if you go to some kids' parties where the DJ's not very good and he plays the Spanish one because he just found the first one he can find and yeah. no one can sing any of it because yeah. none of us speak Spanish. Although actually at this age at the, well at the year after this when I was in year three of primary school uh, we did do Spanish because our teacher had lived in Spain and was a Spanish teacher. Mr Ward oh. what a guy. I'd never really realised that this track was Spanglish because I didn't really know what that was mm. um, but I was like is this English is this Spanish I didn't realise it was a hybrid and never really focused on the lyrics of it apart from like singing along probably really offensively making the noises but yeah. it turns out it's about a man called Diego who enters a nightclub and his friend the DJ plays his favourite song which is Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Bowl mm. Gang I said a hip hop the hip the hip do the hip hip hop you don't stop the rocker do the bang bang boogie say up jump the boogie do the rhythm of the boogie to beat yeah. So actually, the chorus is like a kind of. I said a hip, rid- hop, the hip, yeah. the hip, do the hip. But they do. I said a hip, hop, the hip, the hip. And I never yeah. knew that until. Doing I didn't this. know that either. So that's probably groundbreaking news for you. But it's yeah. supposed to loosely translate to the lyrics of rappers' delight. Yeah. Um. But nobody in the the civilization civilization seems to have actually known that yeah. but yeah brand new information there this morning but that gave me a completely different I just re- I just listened to it really freshly again mm-hmm. and I've had that actually through loads of episodes today where I know the songs but I've listened to them differently because there's backstories yes and I'm pretty surprised by some of them but this is one of them yeah so yeah quite interesting I, I mean it can't be underestimated just how big this was I think you know we're, we're in October 2002 here you'd mm-hmm. imagine it's probably had a bit of a life on holiday resorts and in 
kind of clubs and parties in the previous summer mm-hmm. or if not at least it had a huge 2003 yeah. summer season you know on the um, on the results and stuff and every summer probably ever since I think you, you still hear this quite a lot now at, at certain places you go certain kind of parties certain kind of places yeah um but Spanish people probably didn't even bat an eye. Do, 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 do you think they really batted an eyelid at this? Because th- this this must be very common to them. But here, here across the the continent, across the world, it's, it's, it felt like a bit of a novelty. Although yeah. actually, the, the more you listen to it, it doesn't actually feel that novelty. Well, it I think it's got the novelty factor because of the ketchup thing. Yes. But otherwise, this is just a nice bit of kind of Spanish pop music. Isn't yeah. It? So that's the thing is like the word ketchup strange for us as English people having it used in that way. Do you know where it comes from? No. So their father. So these are these are four sisters. In the group, you see three in the video. There was a fourth one, although they were actually in the background. Only became part of the group officially when they did Eurovision four years later. So there's Lucia, Lola, Pilar, and Rocio or Rocio. And their dad was a flamenco musician called Juan Manuel Manuas Exposito, and his name was El Tomate, the Tomato. So ah. their album, Hijats del Tomato is Daughters of the Tomato. Wow. Hence, Last Ketchup. Interesting. Yeah, this gets kind of going back to a little bit cheesy here, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, my, my band name would be Son of the Burt. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... But yeah, there's, it's weird because, actually, there's so much about it that isn't novelty, mm-hmm. and then there is. Yeah. But if you think about, like, the very, very opener, where it's just, like, it's really subtle, before that guitar comes in, because there's a bit of, like, guitar comes in, mm-hmm. if you slowed that down without that guitar on, what you've actually got is you've got an Abitha Sunset Beach Bar background track for the day. Mm. And it's actually quite chill and you don't realise how good it is because it sounds different to other pop music. So sometimes when things sound different, you think that they're thin and that they're cheap. Mm. But actually, it's not that bad. And then the guitar comes in and the guitar kind of pulls it up a little bit in a different way. But that guitar is almost like uh, Boys of Summer, isn't it, Brad? Yeah, so you've got that. So it's not actually... It's actually a calibre guitar. It's kind of a calibre production underneath it as well. Mm. Who thought we'd be saying Last Ketchup was calibre? Yeah, whenever you, whenever so whenever we're starting to dissect this, we're getting into strange territory yeah. with it. We go, we, we go more thorough than anybody else. The fact we're giving this, like, praise as if it was any other song, you know what I mean? But I think that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think it deserves to be singled out as novelty. It is no. probably, I think, like, the dance element of it and the ketchup thing, it probably does have you know to call it novelty isn't a stretch like it, 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 it it's in that kind yeah. of spectrum but yeah i think there's, there's more credibility to this than it, it gets credit for yeah i'm thinking if we go back to other like what cheesy pop songs are you think and this is in the same tank as are we I think talking it gets, it gets put in the sign in the same kind of arena as like the macarena and stuff because of the dance yeah. element <laughs> Is because the of the kids party element of it imagine you remove them two guys from the visuals of the Macarena is the Macarena kind of cheesy because actually ding 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 you know the starting bit of mm. Macarena it's not that bad it's like I think Scatman's completely underrated <laughs> I think mm. it's actually a really calibre dance track. That's excellent. Um, but people are like, oh my God, it's Scatman. I'm like, Scat no, actually, it is good. And actually, his skills yeah. are brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that sometimes with stuff that was weird back then or new, they they colourful it up and they cheer cheese it up a little bit and they PR'd things a little bit wrong. This yeah. wasn't this, The video for this wasn't too cheesy. The problem was, yeah, there was a, a dance routine. But do you still remember the dance routine today? No. I do. I remember it. 
because I did it's it a lot so much. Hands and a bit of wiggly, wiggly. Yeah, yeah. So you do kind of remember. That's it. I know, I know elements of it. Yeah, just kind of done it. Yeah, there really. But that was it. But we we danced this at parties. So this is where this is one of the tracks that reminds me of the dynamic change because we've talked about Trevor's my best mates house parties. Mm. The dynamic changed here because we've gone to uni. But Trevor, at this point, actually is a DJ right. and has opened his own mobile DJ business from these parties. Right. And he's being booked for our school discos. He's being booked for weddings and birthday parties. And his sister now is in the zone of, I'm having these house parties. Trevor has to DJ at them. Mm. Trevor won't DJ unless we're there. So we are there, me, him, Trevor and Simon, at this house party with all of his sister's school friends. <laughs> so we're the, like weird older dudes at parties with like 15 and 16 year olds mm. but yeah we were there and then we would get up and dance to this because we were like get up and dance to that put on the ketchup song <laughs> and we were like oh not again but obviously I was front, front and centre yes. making sure in the old routine <laughs> so this was like an actual track that showed life had just kind of changed at a lot of point yeah I am at uni dancing to the ketchup song at a secret teenage party yeah nothing wrong with no, it nothing romantic <laughs> <laughs> um, yes so there's that old side of it there's the you know there's the, there's the Sugar Hill Gang element which is which is nice and adds a new light that I hadn't heard of before yeah but then I feel daft now because it turns out there's a whole other side of it that people think is the case right that I didn't know about do you know about this have you have you seen anything about this Probably this kind of not. alternative meaning of the song? No. Okay. There's there's allegations and there's people who think that this is satanic. Really? What, against tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. Bloody vegans. No, somebody's... So I don't know where this is originated from, but people are convinced that this is actually um, satanic and, and heresy. It's even been banned by a Dominican TV station. Just just one. I mean, you know, not just, you know... Oh, is Diego the devil? So, well, it could be thought of, it, that, that could be the case. There's some lyrics here. Asare, hey, or Asare, J, whatever you say. Um, that could be broken down as A, Sir, Herage, which means let's be heretical. Heretical kind of devil worship sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Even the, the gibberish of the Ya, Dehe, Dehebe, Du, Dehebe, Ja would be the beginning of a phrase about Jehovah. The phrase would be Jehovah, God, let go of your being. Another line which uh, could translate as where there isn't room for a soul and the line about the DJ in the 12-inch, the DJ who knows him plays the midnight anthem, referring to satanic rituals which occur at midnight. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't... This is annoying now because I want to know if this is actually true. So this is where I go and do a documentary on the catch-up song. Please Um, do. Maybe maybe we should bin the whole, like, which is the best song thing and just dedicate our lives to to myth-busting or validating this conspiracy theory. Um, It adds a new light to it. I think there's some people... I saw one person say, like, you know, with with all this kind of satanic stuff in mind, going, they do look a bit witchy. They do look a bit witchy. There was so one of them. As soon as I saw it, I thought, "Oh, that's Stacey Dooley. Looks like uh, a 2002 Stacey Dooley." Mm. But Stacey Dooley, and this is this is sometimes like this is an Irish thing where sometimes red-haired people get cast as witches mm. and things. Um, yeah, there's one with very black hair as well. It's like you know, that's yeah, stereoty- like stereotypical witchy sort of thing. And I, I want to know if anybody else knew about this. Like, if you listen to this and you and you you're like hearing me say this and you're going like, yeah, isn't that like common knowledge? And then please get in touch because I did not know yeah. this. And it puts one of my you know what will have been one of my favorite kids' songs back when I was six into a very different light. Yeah, doesn't how, change how I feel about it. Though. Have I they ever commented like on this? Uh, I don't think they have. Hmm. I couldn't find anything, and I did look. But um, yes, whether it is about satanic worship and heresy, or it is just about having a good time chucking tomatoes about, then, I don't know, one man's gibberish 
is another man's satanic worship mm. anthem. One man's yeah. Spanglish. Oh, very good. So this is another number two. And I know people will make the obvious joke there. Uh, but no, it's actually, it's, it's pretty good. S Club Juniors and New Direction. This is the third single from the debut album Together and this is pretty much Frankie versus Stacey to be honest yeah. singing wise because nobody else really appears this one throws us back to a time where the music video was controversial to start with mm-hmm. and yet has and not and you can't find well. it online no you can't find it well I saw a tiny tiny clip of it online to re- I remember it I, I clear as day remember the music video mm-hmm. and I do remember the Top of the Pops performances as well but yeah we do yeah. have a we have got a bit of an issue with just like uh, cultural appropriation in the yeah. music video for this one which has nothing to do with S Club Juniors because they're kids yeah. doing what they were told how dare these 13 year olds wear saris and do hand movements yeah we have visionaries at top level that should have known better than mm. that really so mm. you were concerned about Holly Valance yeah. and Kiss Kiss doing that yeah instrumentally whereas there isn't any instrumental issues in this one it is very much about the music video where are you yeah. musically with this track uh, musically I it's, it's very bold like you know, from the, the the two tracks so far have been quite kiddie. Yeah. They've had those, you know. I think both tracks so far have picked out lyrics and certain uh, themes that you go like, should these kids be singing about that? And I think there's a mm-hmm. bit of that here again. It still feels like mature beyond their years. Yeah. I guess I like I like how bold they've gone with it, and I think they're just they're ignoring all that stuff now. They're just saying like, we're, we're just going to make these songs, and you can do what you want with them. Like you know, we're not mm-hmm. bothered if you're offended by it. At least they sound good, and this actually does sound good. I think if you heard this on the radio, and they, they, you know, you didn't hear afterwards, S Club Juniors. Yeah. It's quite credible. Mm-hmm. It probably is just that it's just the back announcement of like S Club Juniors, New Direction on whatever station. Yeah. You go, oh, mm-hmm. have I just sang to that? Have I just danced to that? Have I just turned that up in my car? Yeah. How dare I? Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I was thinking that, you know, actually from this, because the thing that makes it just slightly less mature is the tone of Frankie's voice and yeah. Stacey's voice at this point, because you can tell that they are teenagers they're good though they're very oh they're They're, they're They're a good choice to lead the song no they really are and I think that this actually made me want to see Frankie on The Masked Singer Mm. I'd love for somebody to whip off their head and it was Frankie Mm. because I want to hear what she's capable of yeah because you kind of forget you kind of forget she's a vocalist because she's always there's always so many different talking points for her. There's a lot of comments underneath this that's saying like you know back in the S Club Juniors, Frankie was known for being the big you know female vocalist, uh-huh. and the sad is she really wasn't, and people kind of forget that nah. she you know she was not Vanessa. So I like kind of if you think of the Saturdays to Westlife, Vanessa was the one that never got interviewed, never talked, but she was the vocalist. Powerhouse for yeah, voice, the same yeah. as your man to Westlife who just won Mask Singer. Mark. Um, and then if you think to the Wanted as well, what was the one that did the Ariana Grande track together? Oh Nathan. Nathan. Again, well, Car- they, they did, didn't they? Apparently, did they? I think so. Yeah. Carrion things like they were the they were definitely the big vocalists. But Frankie, you know, she is she's in a she's in a band. She can sing. She can sing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think right the test of this of how good this track is right <coughs> is I replaced the S Club Juniors with Kylie. Have you put oh, Kylie yes. in your? Yeah. I did the exact same thing coming here, and yeah. I thought, hold on a second, this is actually a bloody good track because yeah. it could be a Kylie track, and that's that, how you know that it's brilliant. The structure is very similar, and it doesn't have like one hook. It doesn't have like you know the central where the hook should be is just 
I've been looking for a new day, the robotic voice thing. And if you just if you just sit there like I did today and just go, la, 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 mm-hmm. in that bit, it's the same song. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. Really good. Um, and I'm glad you've come to that conclusion too. I was going to probe you about that. I was going to try. I was going to try and pull the rug from under your feet. I don't think it's like, as hooky ah. as can't get no, in it's, head, but it's not. But, but the, yeah, the structure, the element, and the knock-on effect of it's there. But you could this could have been on one of Kylie's albums as a mm. really good a really good track and you could give it to other people and weirdly we've got something else where I hear somebody completely different now that I've listened to it as an adult mm. um, on a track which we'll get to in a bit but it's very mature and trendy it's got it like is. some vinyl crackle it's got some nice kind of crimey river strings at the start synthesised vocals robotic elements it's a, it's, a, it's a big leap for them from what they've heard so far I mean they go yeah. straight back with the next one because they do Puppy Love next and Slay Ride oh, no. which I think we've covered before as part of the Christmas episodes um, so yeah this this is kind of a one off but I think it's at least a precursor of what they do with the next album when they become Esclabate because Esclabate is a lot more like this Okay. Um, it didn't really catch on like they don't this is probably as, as big as they get from here like they don't get this level of success yeah. again I don't think but they've had three big number twos <laughs> sorry off the bat uh, but this is the best of them Frankie. I think and it's uh, oh what, why have you got a sit no that's awful um, Fibre Frankie <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to do mass singing with you offending like that um, but yeah in the performances I mean the video is hard to find but I've, I, I've also seen kind of little snippets of it uh, in the performances they do the big sort of hand gesture when you know, they all line up and they all stick their arms out and it looks yeah. like a cool pattern that's yeah. good they do it in all the performances all the performances are basically the same they're always wearing the same kind of South Asian dress well the girls are the girls are always wearing, wearing the South Asian dress the boys are just dressed very normally yeah. it's the same on the on the single cover all the girls are there with the kind of South Asian gestures with their hands and yeah. the lads are just sat there on the floor like hee hee I'm in a yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> the, wor- the actually worst part of it for me isn't the cultural appropriation. It's the robot voice that comes in and one of the dudes has to fake sing to it on top of the pops. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Because they didn't do that on come on at your fanny and come. <laughs> they didn't do that with that, did they? Um, yeah. But yeah, video wise. So do we, uh, did you find any comments? Have anybody commented? I didn't really look into depth to find out if people were commenting about the no. appropriation, but. But you can imagine, well, well, back in 2002, you can imagine there probably wasn't a lot of comment about this because it wasn't put under the microscope like yeah. it is now. So people were probably like, oh, isn't it great they're doing that, all the South Asian stuff, that's mm-hmm. nice. Whereas now you kind of go... I, had, I remember thinking it was weird at the time, and I can remember, but I remember like actually liking that Frankie had, um, I don't know what you call them, but the, the jewels stuck from her hairline down her forehead a little bit. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just remember something sat, and this is like this is me not knowing why things made me uncomfortable back then, but I had an issue with it Mm. and didn't really know why, and now I understand why. This is good. Yeah, I'm in a good place with this musically. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a really great pop song, and I kind of feel like it was wasted on them. Now, when I reflect, it could have actually been somebody's bigger track. Yeah, Mm. I mean, Kylie could have done it because it is Kylie, isn't it? Yeah, Kylie just couldn't have kept whipping out banger after banger after banger. You (laughs) have to have those kind of them you need to have them number five tracks mm. on your albums really or it would have ended up being buried as an album track yeah and probably not a release but it did definitely deserved life as a big front running track well they got it mm-hmm. okay from one young group doing things kind of inadvertently inappropriate to an older group who are being kind of very discreetly inappropriate None of us really realised. None of us saw... Again, same as the ketchup song, it's kind of like, I did not know the story behind this. And now I do, and I'm like, oh, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. This is the Foo Fighters. First time we get the Foo Fighters. This is quite exciting. And the track is called All My Life. This is the first single from the fourth album, One by One, and mm. it won a Grammy for the best hard rock performance. Introduce. Yeah. I've got it down as a big introduce. And um, as I was listening to it, I was like, what's wrong with my face? And it turned out I was smiling really hard mm. listening to it. Yeah. And I couldn't, I just couldn't get enough of it. It was no, really, really great. good. I just, I loved this. Like, I was obsessed with this track at the time. And uh, whenever, I just remember, like, being so buzzing when he goes, Feeling Comes Alive When I Feel Your Ghost. Mm. And that, it, that yeah. drop is just, oh, ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. backstory. <laughs> Let's talk dirty. Talk dirty to me, please. Yeah, okay, so fine. Um, Dave Grohl was asked about what this means. And uh, yes, he says it's uh, a little dirty, is what mm-hmm. he says. He said, I'm very fond of giving oral sex to women. It's a pleasure-giving experience, giving someone something they'll remember for the rest of their life. And if you do it right, they will. How many Ooh. tracks are we in? We are three tracks into this podcast. We've got Fiber Frankie and now Selfless Dave. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, though, he, he, he says he's selfless, but he says he hates the taste. He hates the taste? Yeah. Well, that makes no sense. Mm. Uh, he says, I love it, but I hate the taste. Oh. So he, he likes the act of doing it and giving the pleasure, but actually he's like... What about rock women are eating? You know, the ones that the <laughs> Dave Grohl super fans. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. When you so so I didn't know about any of this dirty stuff. No, and um, I've I've heard this a lot over the years. Uh, my, my, again, my my dad's musical education to me included stuff like Foo Fighters. I've heard this a lot over the years. I don't think he'll have known that it was quite like this. I didn't it, know. I think it can be interpreted in other ways. I've seen kind of arguments in YouTube comment sections and on kind of song meanings and stuff. People saying like, it's about. Uh, you know, love, but not in that kind of way. It's about someone said it's about suicide. I mean, there's, there's lyrics about wrists, so you know, maybe there's mm-hmm. there's all, an end of a rope. You know, there is there is other ways you can look at this sort of thing if you pick out certain bits. And then when you find out what Dave Grohl says it means, suddenly it's like, oh right, okay. Oh, I heard things differently the the when I listened to it again. Yeah, should we go through some lyrics? Oh right, yeah. I love it, but I hate the taste. Yep. Over and over, down on my knees. Yeah, yep, that's it. where you'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, all my life, I've been searching for something. You know, it's uh, famously elusive and hard to find for some men. Something never comes. Mm-hmm. Comes closer to the prize at the end of the rope. Mm-hmm. No prize, and also rope shooting, yeah. shooting rope. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, anybody who's offended by this, you can skip a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about this for a little bit longer. Feel it come alive when I see your ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're such a delicate wrist, and then you give it a twist. You know, it could be like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, one by one, hidden up my sleeve. Sleeve being a term used mm-hmm. sometimes for... And if you open up wide, and if you let me inside... Yeah. I mean, that's, you know... That's the bit that kind of that's, ended up that's getting me. The, but it was, it was the done, done, and I'm on to the next one. <laughs> done, done, and I'm on to the next one. And it's like, what, are they just lined up? Or are you talking about multiples? Or are you talking about different women each time? Yeah. And, like, are they all in the, the same possibilities room? Are they are locales? Yeah. But yeah, like that hasn't changed anything for me because they're called Foo Fighters. So I immediately <laughs> or, or, just or, or loved is, it more. Or is that Foof Fighters? Yeah, Foof 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 Eaters. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good that. 
Yeah. So yes, this song is great. Uh, aside from all that stuff, I've like I've loved it before I even knew about that. It started as an, as an instrumental track. It started very dissonant and noisy. I think it got workshop quite a lot. I think you know prior to this they were known for things like Learn to Fly that were quite jovial and quite comedic. You know, you know, dicking about with Tenacious D on the plane and it's like mm-hmm. you know it's a whole comedy thing. And then this they were like, well, we want to show a different side now. I think they've been working on the album for quite a long time. They basically threw it all in the bin. It's they spent loads of money on it. It wasn't going anywhere. They all hated each other. Taylor Hawkins, who's a drummer, who's in a coma for two weeks after an overdose. They were almost going to break up. They did Coachella, and Dave Grohl was like, well, you know, this could be the last time we ever perform together. This could be it. Mm-hmm. But luckily for all of the world, that performance went well, and they were like, let's give it one more go. Let's get back in the studio wow. and try and make the album again. And um, they basically bashed out in like half an hour. That's amazing. Yeah, that after so spending good. ages on an album and spending millions of pounds, it was this kind of raw, um, rockier, more aggressive, natural way of channeling those live performances. That's what you know came out, and it won a Grammy in two thousand and four for best rock album. So you know, money isn't everything. It's just how you feel in the moment, I guess. Absolutely. And in this moment, they were like, "Want to eat some? Eat some?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad they were there because, like, this really, this just honestly made me glow when I was listening to it. So I was doing my prep before work this morning in the office for this. And, you know, I have this ongoing thing where I have my headphones on and then sometimes I say things and it kind of (laughs) doesn't really resonate with the rest of the room. But I had been listening to this and at the end was glowing and then yeah. I just shouted fucking brilliant. <laughs> and I was, I was the fact that I had actually said it. One was amazing because it really had impacted me. Mm. And then two, everybody was looking at me that was already in and it was because <laughs> there was something really, really traumatic on the news that was on in the room. And I just oh, gone God, yeah. fucking brilliant at a very inopportune time but that's kind of how I do whenever I mm. say stuff out loud when I've got my headphones on it's always in. did you find yourself like air drumming and like air, oh, sc- air screaming I honestly and I, do you know what at one point halfway through the song I was slamming the floor like yeah. I was the drummer and we have wobbly floors oh god um, downstairs living kicking off it was oh honestly the, the TV station there's a TV station underneath me yeah and they hate They'll sitting underneath livid. me yeah, it was, oh, it was brilliant. Like, I was going for it. Like, I was, oh, the lot. And it really, oh, it just lit me up. Yeah. Weirdly, I got to see them perform this the next year. Oh, wow. At Slane, the first festival I went to is Slane Castle in the Republic of Ireland. And we went, and I looked back to see how good the line because our lineup I remember thinking our lineup was brilliant mm. and then I went back through the historical lineups of them and there's always been good headliners like by this point I think by this point Madonna had done it Oasis were going to come in a few years just before they break up it was like one of their last performances mm. but we had Feeder, PJ Harvey Queens of the Stone Age Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers Jeez. all on the lineup it's not bad, that year it? and um I got to see this and the Queens of the Stone Age and Chili's all in one foil swoop Gosh. like at the same place. Amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that. I'd love to see this live. I was walking to meet a friend in town this week and I had this on and I was just the entire way just screaming it to myself yeah. looking like a menace to society. This, but this could make anybody fall in love with rock if you're not a rockhead, yeah. I think this is definitely a really good first. It's not like, um, you know, when you try to ease someone in, it isn't an ease track, but it is very much a suckable track that can actually pull you in deep fast. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. This is a new week. It's the 20th of October, 2002. Some tracks that are not in the top 10, but worth mentioning. 31, Nakatomi, Children of the Night. Oh, wow. Yeah. We are the Let's come together and unite. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Let the fire burn inside. Nobody can stop 
not know this would. I, I didn't think it would be the kind of track that got like chart. Say, <laughs> one's not bad. That's not a great position for it, considering you know what we've had in the top ten already. Mm. Dance track. So actually, that's not a great position for it. Um, but that song's had loads of different lives. To be fair, but yeah. Yeah, Nakatomi Children of the Night, brilliant track. Amazing. The football team I support Gates said for a couple of years they came out to that, like the teams would walk out with that playing. Did they? Yeah. Oh amazing. That's it was, so good. Uh, it was voted for by the fans. They had like oh. a big um a big voting process of like here's some contenders and it'll work, you know, like you know, like our World Cup thing of like it's eight versus then four, then two. Mm-hmm. And the last two was White Stripe, Seven Nation Army. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. fine. And then Children of the Night, and of course Children of the Night was an absolute yeah. smash. They don't do it anymore I've started going to the games again now I've got a new job I can actually go to the games on a Saturday and they don't play it now mm. they, they play it I, I still love it it's cliche but I love it Fatboy Slim right here right now oh, that's, that's a proper atmospheric. anthem mm-hmm. isn't it for, for walking out for, for sports that's kind of like yeah I think that's been on, like I don't watch lots of sports programs but I get the feeling anytime I've watched anything that's been on it yeah um, yeah. yeah I wouldn't choose that for my club not because it's not good but because I feel like it's the first thing everybody does because it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. You'd have to kind of maybe avoid. What would you, what, what what kind of springs to mind for you? What would you uh, oh. would it be a dance thing? Because what I think works really well for for walking out music or like you know energy before a game. Mm-hmm. It's things like uh, Faceless Insomnia. I've heard at West Brom before works really well. Uh, what else have I heard? I really like Sash and Coran Foy. And that's a really good one. It's just such a big yeah. pump up band. I've an- got anthem. a new one that's just come out maybe three weeks ago mm. that I've actually heard and thought this would be actually a brilliant show opener for my radio show, so mm. I could change this in future. Uh, Timmy Trumpet's done a track called Vivaldi. Oh yes, I've heard and, it. And um, it is grand, and mm. it is pumping, and it's 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 orchestra. It is fire cannons at festivals. It's lasers. It's smoke machines. It's yeah. everything all rolled into one. Yeah. And um, if you were down with the kids, you could get away with it now. But um, it, it it's not. It's probably not going to get its the grandeur it deserves because. It is a right here, right now, but it's in a different time, so it's never going to hit everybody the way that did. Yeah. Um, but you need match of the day to use it, mm. and then it gets a different life. Yeah. So. See, I like what Sunderland have. They have Prodigy, Invaders Must Die. Yeah. That sounds huge. Yeah, that's good. Uh, they've also got like Dance of the Nights, which is a big one. Was it Sawley? Who did a remix of that for like yeah. their kind of new kit launch? I remember that was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I love that Gigi or uh, Diagostino is what Wolves use. They use um, which one? The Motor Show. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And when they score a goal, that's so good. I did a TikTok last week and what did it have in it? What's one of the Scottish ones? Um, and loads of people comment because we do four tracks and say, what's your favourite track or guest of the year? And it was a what's the favourite track last week and loads of people started commenting going, oh, it's this one. But they were commenting before the whole TikTok had finished because they were convinced. And then when they heard the fourth one, 
Mm. They were, oh my God, I've commented this, but I'm wrong. It's this one. But there is a Scottish anthem that I've put into a TikTok from the 90s. Um, I can't Ooh. particularly remember what it is now, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, could be a, it could be a gore, but I think Scotland own it. Okay, right. 76 this week was a track that will become something else in years to come, which I'm not sure if we actually do as a top 10. I hope we do, but I'm not sure. The track, this this one at 76, was from Simeon. It was called Never Be Alone. Because we- Which becomes Justice featuring Simeon. We are your friends. That wasn't a top ten, was it? Was it a top ten? I don't think it was. It had a brilliant music video. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's devastating if we don't cover that. Mm. Mm. There you go, 76. And we'll talk about the the Justice and Simeon track when it gets to it. And I feel like we don't do any justice at all. I'd like probably don't. I, I, I think it. I think it just misses out, which is a shame. We'll have to dedicate some time to justice when that comes around because I think they are like, in terms of, you know, dance music. You know, like Daft Punk was the nineties, and I think Justice was kind of just as like yeah. sort of pioneering and groundbreaking for that time. Uh, I got Justice Cross on vinyl for Christmas this year for my dad. Mm. Very proud. Very mm-hmm. proud. Nice. And just last week we mentioned Joey Negro, and we were like, uh, has you know Dave Lee Jakarta? Do we get any more Joey Negro? And we said we're not sure. Well, technically we do. At number 100, it's Joy Negro uh, featuring Miss Dura, Sweet Magic. Is that one that you know? Not particularly, but I can I know what it sounds like, mm. but it's not one that I would ever remember off the top of my Fair. head. Well, there you go. Yeah. Number 100, he's still doing stuff, and he's still doing stuff now, like in his 50s. Oh, he's so brilliant. He's amazing. amazing. Great. Right, big week at number one. This is one that we have for two weeks. Ketchup song was very short-lived, although, I mean, like we've said, the numbers on that, 7 million uh, and growing, yeah. it's huge. Uh, but f- at this time of 2002, this was huger. Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. Dilemma. This was the second single from Nelly's second studio album, Nellyville, and the first single from her debut solo album. Uh, and it samples a bit of Patti LaBelle. Mm. Love one Who's in the video? You. No way! She's... No! That's, Is she the mum? She's the mum. No way! Mm-hmm. I've written down one of my favourite parts of this was always the mum. Yeah. She's class! Patti LaBelle. She is so there good. Go. Oh, as if that's class. Yeah. Um, in the video, it's not an intro just because it kind of cuts in with a little bit of like stuff before it just drops into... Yeah. That dilemma track, but it's kind of it's kind of an intro juice as a radio edit. So mm-hmm, there's a bit mm-hmm. there, but it's not a Foo Fighters. Uh, Kelly sounds class. Oh, so good. sounds so so good so in this. Good. I was listening to it. So I, when I'm normally making the journey here, I'm normally listening to tracks that I've kind of forgotten about to refresh myself. Mm-hmm. But today, there's been so many tracks I just love that I just listen to those instead. And I thought, yeah. we'll get to the ones that I've forgotten about, and I'll just kind of go like, yeah, just so it's worth hearing Dilemma again because it's just one of those. Go silent in your head for a second. So let's have a few moments of silence, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want you to hear Kelly singing, right? So just. Five seconds of Kelly singing in your head silently. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Can you hear Beyonce? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. So this is the first time I've ever noticed this today. But like at one point I was so engrossed. I was like, I wanted to actually Google the vocalist on the legals of the track because Ooh. it sounded so much like Beyonce that I've never, ever noticed. Because none of the other songs okay. sound like Beyonce. Yeah. But it sounded like... Beyonce and obviously they grew up together they sang together and lived in a house together and mm-hmm, stuff when they were kids mm-hmm. I was like I was wondering I was like, I've never heard so much Beyonce tonally and Kelly Rowland anything that she's ever sang mm. but weirdly there's Beyonce tone the whole way through this that if you actually listen to the song and you replace her visually with Beyonce you could actually believe that Beyonce and Nelly did a track together mm. which is weird I, I loved this at the time yeah I I was like I feel like I was in a in a in a crew of people that just rooted for Nelly and Kelly to get together mm. in real life. The chemistry is so good that people thought they were a real couple and they actually uh-huh. never were. Yeah, it just it just sizzles and crackles so much the connection, like the iconic shot of them on the road, just kind of in each other's arms. Yeah. Oh, it's I was I was getting them. teary watching the video yesterday. Genuinely, I was getting teary and I was getting kind of goosebumps. And but even actually now I'm still I'm kind of oh. I can feel my face is yeah. getting a bit like the reason. So. The reason how you know that this track and this music video is so, so good is because if you mention it to anybody, they all talk about the Microsoft Excel Yeah, the Excel spreadsheet. I forgot that was coming. I was so sucked in by it. (laughs) When it happened, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I remember that. I was thinking that that was... But I was never waiting for that bit. That was just a surprise because you are so sucked in by their on-screen presence Mm -hmm. and the way the song's put together. You are completely just in a a different world with this one. Where you at? Hollow when you get this. On mm-hmm. a spreadsheet, on a Nokia ninety two ten communicator. So this is the uh, this is the question. So she was asked about it, and she's been in interviews and stuff. Been like, she doesn't even know what Microsoft Excel yeah. is. Why yeah, would yeah. you hear Kelly Rowland? But that actually looks like that wasn't her sending the message. Was that her receiving a message? Because yeah. everybody's like, why did you type that into Excel? She didn't. She received. Yeah, that. she received it. There's, but nobody's having that. Because then she so reads like, it and she throws the phone, doesn't she? She kind of yeah, like tosses the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so it's it's kind of I think for for generations that did that weren't there for it when it happened. It's like it lives on as the meme more than the song. Yeah. But like if you take the time and listen to the song and 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 like and and fall in love with it, like it's so easy to do with it. Yeah. Um. It's it's just amazing. I think the everything about the all it takes is the intro to play. And it plays on the radio station I work for a fair bit. So you hear those first ten seconds of the mm-hmm. boom boom oh that yeah. little oh sound. Um. Her vocal, soft production, it's so romantic, and I'm not normally like a sucker for romantic things. I like my things to be a bit more edgy and a bit more kind of confrontational in some ways. And this kind of overtly romantic stuff doesn't normally work for me, but the way they play it is so exquisite. Like the fact, like Nelly sounds good, his tone's nice, you get like a bit of rap singing from him. He's, I've got him down as, he's grand too. Yeah. And I never thought I'd write that about Nelly, he's grand too. It's a big difference from Hot in Here, isn't it? And it's funny because both of those tracks were both late inclusions for the album. And like Nellyville is heralded as like one of the best-selling, you know, R and B rap albums mm-hmm. ever. And it never didn't have this or Hot in Here on it. This is the closest I get to like a nursery rhyme music because actually there is a nursery there's what like a glockenspiel or something Mm. that dings the exact same key as what they're singing in. It's as if somebody goes right. This is the tune I want you to sing the song to, Kelly. Ding, 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 and. And they just never took it out. Yeah, yeah, it was so good that they they just kept it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can totally nursery rhyme this. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 on it. And yeah, this is a banger. Yeah, there's a, there's a question to have here about is it nostalgia or is it actually just really good? 
and the answer is it's just really good. I think it's really good. It's really good. I, yeah. Yeah. It won a Grammy. It was uh, Best Rap Sung Performance. It was nominated for Record of the Year. All justified. And I think, crucially, it, it, it caused such a splash like on the radio before it got released that this made Beyonce put her album back the plan was for Beyonce to go first and release kind of now and have Kelly you know put hers out I think spring 2003 but this blew up so quickly that the label who obviously were responsible for all of Destiny's Child solo projects was like yeah we're going to need to swap this round we need to capitalise on how big this is now and get mm-hmm. Kelly's out first so this made Beyonce move hers back I think everyone associates Beyonce now with 2003 and rightly so because she has yeah. an amazing time but the thing you say there about Beyonce it's given me a thought it's like Beyonce may be one of the biggest stars in the world ever mm-hmm. with a huge empire of money of uh, you know big hits of now the artistic freedom to do anything and people lap it up like you know Beyonce is no longer like a straightforward pop star she's a like almost like a performance artist with multimedia facets and yeah. you know she doesn't put a lot of music out now it's a lot more kind of visual stuff and you know it's, it's, it's an empire of other things Beyonce may have all of that but does she have anything as good as Kelly here Oh, that's an because we have we had the discussion about actually I've gone and I've I've scanned through Beyonce and actually I'm not as overwhelmed with Beyonce mm. as what I thought we were gonna be. Mm. Um, I've also seen her live because she came to Sunderland and I went and saw her and I was bleh, but it was a Lemonade album and it was an mm. album tour not a mm. hits tour. Yeah, but I I think I do well. So Crazy in Love, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, um, irreplaceable. You know she does have she has. But is any is any of it as good as this? Mm. Like on a on a, on a purely like individual level of like this is this Jeez, and that is that. I feel is like there, this is, there is like a really. I think this is a really profound question, and this could just change everything. Um, I don't know. I I I guess we'll find out when we get to Beyonce's songs yeah. that come up. But like off the top of my head, I'm like I do love Crazy in Love, but is it better than this? My 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 body physically warms more to Kelly. But it's because she did dance music eventually, yeah. And then I still think. Do you ever remember the X Factor performance she did? Where she did a mega mix, mm. bloody amazing in that X Factor performance because she's done Geddes, she's done Alex Gaudino's, she's done everything. Yeah. Uh, really great stuff from Kelly. But yeah, that's that's a que- we need to remember we posed that question. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, okay. I w- if anybody can answer that straight away, tweet us, please. Mm. Let us know. Is Kelly? Is this just peak solo Destiny's Child? Is there anything better than this to come? <sighs> And, and to come back to your point to wrap up Nelly's good too <laughs> grand <laughs> Nelly's grand He's too grand. yeah grand. okay ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's my pleasure to introduce you all the finest ripest the meanest <laughs> the strongest the very best of them all the South London collective group known as Big Brovaz if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, this is New Flow. This is Big Bro. Bro. Taking over the show. Bro. With this new flow. Bro. You need to listen up and feel this shit. shit. Cause we won't quit. quit. We make them hits yeah. So at the time, this was the first single off the debut album, New Flow. They were known as the kind of the softer, so solid crew. Mm. And Pure Friends was one of them, Liam, to be honest. Oh, you really? I, me and Natty are besties. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been on the show and stuff. Pure, Class. Pure great crack and things. And that's because of Booty Love, isn't it? It is. Which we'll get to in the years to yeah, come as well. Exciting. Yeah, Booty Love were class. So Natty and Charisse from Big Brothers formed Booty Love well Booty Love was formed they needed two vocalists they brought them in and it was just a a, a class project that was perfect for anybody that liked dance music and funky mm-hmm. at the time but this Big Brothers track right I remember loving it yeah. and I was like do I really love it then I pressed play in it and actually 
I do love it and I remember loving the bouncy walk that they do which is boom, as they walk yeah. around uh, yeah and I, weirdly not expecting Big Brothers to make me glow a little bit but it brought a little bit of glow on mm, mm-hmm. doesn't it it's hard not to I think yeah. it is that softer so solid crew thing but it does feel like a unique thing as well there's a kind of Sugar Hill Gang element to where they all kind of step forward and do the little showpiece thing much like 21 Seconds Yeah. but the song is really like adaptable like it suits them all really well like they've, they've managed to make a track that suits all six of them individually mm-hmm. and it, it even moulds to kind of you know off the back of uh, Dion and Sharice doing their verse the chorus is then different they kind of put them higher in the mix and yep. put the guys a bit further back they all sound really good there's a, a, a real consistency of quality across you know, there's nobody who lets the side down and then you get to Nadia and she's like is there finally a rival for Alicia Dixon in terms of like female rap this is the NADI you didn't think I was coming at you giving you people a different kind of big rather flavor I bet y'all didn't think I'd be writing these beats and making no paper But I guess I'm a paper chasing player and it's in my nature Yeah, because she does the bridge and she's really bloody good at it as well I love the t- I just like her tone anyway mm. And really, so, you know, Dion's gone uh, You know, because Natty and Cherise got the booty love kind of a deal mm. um, And you kind of would have thought that Because she was, she was kind of up front and centred at the start And mm-hmm. Cherise didn't get the airtime that she probably deserved but yeah I think with Nadia actually yeah you've got your Alicia Dixon mm-hmm. and actually if you think about it, they do Don't Mess With My Man as Booty Love yeah. and they, they battle they have a battle so they repeat what everybody says you had your man and you mm. and they like they fight against each other and, and actually it's a head fry when you first listen to it I remember the first time thinking what the hell's going on in that song but then I was like trying to pick who I sing along with and which Who's the, who's the lead artist? Who's the backing artist? Who's the the echo? And you get stuck in. But yeah, they really are a talent to them together. Yeah, I think they are. But yeah, definitely, like a, I think a really great entry level group to send people down into rap and hip hop and mm-hmm. like maybe even a bit of going backwards and getting some UKG. Yeah, in terms of the names that kind of came up as as, as positive comparisons that they got, Lauren Hill is in there for the kind of things they mm. talk about. Mary J. Blige was mentioned, Buster Rhymes as well. I think there's certain flow elements of Buster Rhymes in there. Actually, well, weirdly, in Nadia, in the way she kind of spits quite fast, there's a bit of Buster Rhymes in there as yeah. well, which is pr- it's pretty cool. I, I was Googling this and I even found the commissioning brief for the video. Oh it's, really? It's actually, it's actually like it, it, when you Google Big Brother's New Floor, it's one of the first sort of few pages. It comes up. So this is the big circus style video. Yeah, yeah. So the commission and brief for the video says uh, to make a UK hip hop R and B video, but to avoid the crew mentality popular with other similar acts. So they, you know, very clearly from that thing were like, we need to make this stand out as a different thing, mm-hmm. and it works because it does. The the way they were kind of put together was to showcase London R and B hip hop. Initially, they were all solo artists, but then they decided to make it a group thing. And what a choice that was! Definitely, what a, a good choice move. that was. Really, really good, really good move. Mm-hmm. And we get a, a, a fair bit of Big Brothers to come. And I think, um, th- I think they're they're a group of people have kind of dare I say forgotten about. And maybe could do with uh, a, a, a bit of a. I, th- I think they're still together. Like you know, they've, they've had the thing of breaking up, then you know, mm-hmm. coming back and doing the circuits of the, yeah. you know, the rewind festivals and stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is a good group. I do actually like them. Um, I think they're underrated, and I wouldn't like. Obviously, I don't think if they did something again that they could necessarily. I think actually the world's probably a bit more accepting of Booty Love. Mm-hmm. doing more stuff mm-hmm. but I would love to see what happens with Big Brothers now I don't know like, there's such a grime scene and a trap or a, a drill scene that um, it could be too soft 
Yeah, probably. It's probably, probably too soft, and there's been so much exposure now to those genres just through mainstream playlist and, and radio play that there mightn't be a market for them. But in the future, if they ever came back, I'd be intrigued to see how they do it and what they do. Mm, totally. Right, a sad moment because this is the last time we hear Samantha Mumba. Oh. I know. And this would have been the start of a new album, wouldn't it? This um, mm-hmm. this was a lead single from what, what should have been the second album, yeah. which we... Which we're we're, we're going to get that soon. I think that the the plan is for her to release a second album, like twenty years after the first oh, one. Oh, really? Well, I think uh, last time we spoke about Samantha, oh, like yeah. last year or something, she was talking about releasing some new stuff. So hopefully that comes soon. In the meantime, we'll chat about her final charting single of the noughties. It's I'm right here. second album that was dropped and never released was called Woman mm-hmm. and I remember this at the time Do you did you recognise this? No I didn't I really recognise it because I remember you know whenever artists lyrically say something weird and you're like what are you saying that word for? Mm. I remember at the time everybody being really uncomfortable with her saying my new boo Yes um, and now it completely makes sense that I'm thinking about the track this track was clear as day to launch her in America Yeah. and actually I now really want to hear the rest of that album Yeah, God because yeah. This is actually some proper caliber stuff for me, and I think it's completely underestimated. This could have been, it was released in America. With a different artist, this track could have been huge, like a pre existent artist. Mm-hmm. But this is big, big, big. This could have been a Millian, a Christina yeah. Millian track. It's got caliber behind it and, and, and all over it, really. Like, it looks very American. It sounds quite American. Mm-hmm. It maybe feels a bit dated for 2002. Like, so I think that's, that's what I think. one thing that I'd say. I'm try- so I've written down, not sure if it was too soon or too late. Mm, I think too late, personally. Mm-hmm. But that's no fault of Samantha. She yeah. looks the part. She sounds the part, as always. Uh, the video is kind of, like, low-key excellent and quite progressive, the way it's kind of blasting away these deadbeat dudes with a hose. You love to see it. The, the, so, yeah, in terms of the personnel working on it, you've got Bloodshine Avant, uh, who wrote and produced it who at this point are known for working with Christina Milian oh, wow. obviously are now Galantis and it was co-written by Candy Burris Ooh. as in Candy Don't Think I'm Not which is huge mm-hmm. and obviously Bob Marley's son Damien Marley mm-hmm. is the kind of the featured artist in the I think the version that we got here but America didn't get right it's strange okay so yeah I mean it, it, it's, a, it's a good job I think they've done a good job here. It's catchy. The lyrics don't do much for us. It's very simple, but maybe that's what it needed to be. Didn't catch on, though, which is a shame. It's underrated. No, and Mm. that's what's disappointing about it. And I'm trying to figure out what it is. Was it like, do you remember we had a Daniel Bedingfield thing where they they slipped off the radar because of the way he was interviewed and stuff and Mm. we just got to know him too much and then Mm. PR couldn't fix anything? Um, I don't really remember Samantha Mumba being like that, but she was confident and direct. Yeah. And like obviously people didn't necessarily like that. Or the people in power didn't like that back then, but if anything, she was really good. And it is quite a feminist track in the music video because it is girls as you know, the firefighters doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Did you spot anybody important in the music video? Uh no. Did you did you get to the end of the music video where some dude gets into the fire engine and she drives off with him? Uh I don't I don't know. He is Chris Judd. And right. it shows how big they were going with this. Chris Judd was J-Lo's boyfriend. Oh, right. And the, the choreographer in the music videos that everybody was like, they're getting off together. The, the shaved head dude oh, right, that's yeah. in all of her breakdowns. But he would choreograph all of the J-Lo stuff. Oh. So she is in a fire engine with the boyo Ooh. of the time. 
pretty much too but that's a big play there was big there was a big there must have been a huge plan for her and actually I feel really bad for her because Mm. I don't know I don't know what's changed I don't know what's happened or whatever but like she really had the ability to go all the way here with Mm. us did you see what I saw about what should have been the lead single from the album instead no according to Genius according to her manager Samantha was supposed to sing a song called Sound of the Underground (gasps) which was later recorded by Girls Aloud but chose I'm Right Here instead Mm. So she nearly did Sound of the Underground and went for this instead, and then this, you know, didn't go anywhere. Do you think if she had done, oh. can can you hear it? She starts low, like so. Sound of the Underground starts in a really low register, mm. and we've talked about her register. Disco dancing with the lights down low. Oh. I think it's she could have pulled it off. It's credit to her it's that she could do every bit, couldn't she? Yeah. yeah, she could sure. do the entire song of all Wanna the different tones. In the wrong direction. Yeah, she mm-hmm. could have pulled it all off mm-hmm. there. <gasps> Interesting. Yeah, I would love to hear the demo for that. I know hopefully it exists. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's get that out there. That'd be great. So that was a five for Samantha Mumba. And it's the end of Samantha Mumba on this podcast, Bye. which is a real, real shame. Um, she's been with us from very early on, as have the Manic Street Preachers. This is a greatest hits single for them called There by the Grace of God. With grace we Yeah, this is off the Greatest Hits album called Forever... What's it called? Forever, Forever Delayed. Delayed, yeah. Sorry, I've got to the end of my line and I've just scribbled and scribbled. Thinking <laughs> You'll remember that word that you haven't <laughs> written down. Forever Delayed off a of Greatest Hits album. I think it sounded positive musically yeah. straight away. And then the first line hits in and mentions drugs and then I'm like, okay, yeah, we're miserable again straight Well, away. and it's, it, it, it's almost a Marilyn Manson quote, isn't it? Is it? Who we don't like. Okay. Oh, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Do you remember this? Nope. Neither do I. No. And like a number six, I'm surprised. I'm always surprised when there's a number six from somebody that famous. Mm. And I think I've seen them at uh, a festival, V Fest. Mm. I've seen them at V. These are the ones that Lily Allen wouldn't let on, and she just kept drinking vodka oh, yeah. and coke and said, I'm not letting them fucking on. Yeah. It's kind of easy listening in many yeah. respects. Not memorable, though. No. I still can't remember it right now. No. So I've put down, is there an actual hook there? Yeah. We've got the signature Manic Street Preacher's tone. I think I like the I like the tone of his voice. Always have, and I can understand how it's an important track lyrically for so many people that like that yeah. sort of thing. But it doesn't connect with me in any way. No, me neither. Compared unfavorably by Enemy to Depeche Mode, it does sound a bit like a sort of half-assed version of them. It is kind of like it. It is. It, 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 it's a perfect greatest hits for the Manics because it does have their signature tone, has a bit of their classic sound kind of wrapped in something vaguely new in principle I like the alternative electronic stuff that you get from these bands from time to time but I just don't I just don't dig with this at all no. I find it a bit boring but I recognise that they're very well talented and this is very well intentioned yeah, I just th- have no interest in it really yeah that's it I think I'm in the same and I was kind of wondering if you were going to say anything more or if I was being too harsh but yeah mm. I think and you know we, we don't if anything we can probably comment on this style of band and style of music quite easily because of our back catalogue and knowledge and experience mm. um, and there's not much to be said on this one no so we'll leave it to some experts then the Manic Street Preachers song by song blog as you can tell by the title if they've listened to every song like we're doing and they've ranked them and they've got this is one of their best really however the band 
the Manic Street Preachers have named this their worst ever single. Right, okay, makes so, sense. So, you know, fans love it, the band hate it, I think because it does sound different to what they normally do, I think there are more classic Manic tracks than this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know you know when you're just a, a, a music lover and you speak to somebody who's just a hyper fan of the band and they immediately have to not name one of the hits because mm. someone's got something slightly better, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I can understand why somebody would choose this one because there is a story in it and if you're a Manic fan, the story probably connects with you personally because it's about God, about drugs, about weapons, about... It's just about misery. Mm. And if you like the Manic Street Peaches and Obsessed, you're probably slightly miserable. And then because you are a miserable sod, you're not going to say Design for Light. You're going to... You are going to pick... Uh, I know I know the specialist stuff. I know the stuff nobody else knows. It's mm. going to be there by the grace of God for me. Uh, you you kind of know that with that style of band. So I see why... I can see why Manic thinks it's crap and I can see why the fans think mm. it's the best. What's your favourite Manic song? Oh, well, it's got to be Your Love Alone Is Not Enough. <laughs> oh, you fucking basic bitch. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. 18, to be exact. LL Cool J and his return. Uh, it love you better. Baby, smile today Cos I've been imagining always I'm gonna love you better Questions need to be asked about the fact that he never ages, if we're honest. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? This was the lead single from the ninth studio album, produced by the Neptunes. Yeah. LL Cool J, Love You Better, number seven. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and number four on the Billboard Hot 100, so, you know, big deal over there as well. Neptunes, they just add some class, don't they? Always, they add a bit of kind of dirty class. It is the only good thing I can find out about it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's what I like it. Do you do you, oh, do, you, do you remember it? <laughs> no. There you go. <laughs> but that was yesterday. I've had a whole day of work since then. Right. So Lyrically, I think it seems okay. Mm-hmm. Flow-wise, it feels disjointed. I have written an entire passage of lyrics down, by the way. Have you? Yeah. Okay. I don't feel like he, I don't feel like he can flow. And on this track, it's just it's as if he's really been given something to read, and he's trying to make it fit, and he had to like spit something out and that's where it came but there was nothing really passionate mm. in him flow wise to get them lyrics out of his mouth it just feels odd mm. for me mm. it doesn't excite me at all do you want to hit me with some lyrics and yeah okay we can dissect so this is the final verse where he's kind of uh, promising that he's going to change well I guess it's called love you better so the whole thing's about promising to change mm-hmm. but this this um this particular final verse I thought it was just you know funny and interesting it's a brand new me a brand new you a brand new day sky so blue hold my hand while I walk with you sit on my lap let me talk to you just like go over here sit on here uh, no more games calling you foul names uh, acting like females is all the same I'm gonna love you better my mentality changed from this day forward I'll never be the same I love this bit I'ma rub your lower back share my dreams <laughs> I don't know if I need to go on to be fair it doesn't get any better than that it's a lot of this it's a lot of that same thing of like I've changed I'm going to you know, be soppy and deep have you um, seen Bad Teacher? I'll rub your lower back uh, yes I have Bad Teacher Garrett reading the poem to Chase Ruben Roskin or whatever her name is and the teacher just wanting to like smack him in the face that is the same thing <laughs> that is Chase well, that's Garrett in Bad Teacher writing a poem and releasing it as an LL Cool J track 
like I don't know how this got to number seven. What? It was the Neptunes. The Neptunes <laughs> got yeah, this to number it, seven. It, yeah, production now, wise, yeah. it is great. It is very, yes. very good. But it's very old school, but with a new kind of Neptunes twist on it, which is nice. And do people take him seriously as a musician? Because I can't, because he's on NCIS. And he does um, lip sync battle. Oh, he does. He presents that yeah, as well. So I'm not sure if he's. Cre- I'm not. I'm not sure he's credible as an artist anymore. Is he the? Is he the alternative Snoop? Is he Snoop Dogg? Is he as? Is, mm. is, is his brand taking a weird hit? Mm. Says me who does all these different styles of things across a given week. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. hadn't hadn't thought of that. But yeah, m- maybe. Yeah, possibly. I think Snoop's more credible because like Snoop did the halftime show at Super Bowl and he was like. That looked really good. I think it looked was pitch really perfect too. Peak career. Yeah, yeah, I know. Whereas LL Cool J, is he getting an invite for the halftime show? I don't think so. I think I'm just kind of charmed by him a little bit. He's very, he's very charismatic. LL? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I won't, based on your reaction, I won't read that line there because you'll be like, what on earth are you talking about? Oh, I'll you've just... got to read it. Okay. Uh, to this point, Usher has been the coolest and most charismatic R&B star. Is there competition here? And the answer is no. But like at least with somebody who like I, I sort of get a bit of a flutter for when I see them I'm like hmm there's something about this music video that seems like it was kind of directed as a joke by the Lonely Island <laughs> because of the camera shots and the angles of him standing mm. with his big chain and his oiled up mm. chest you know, and his shirt off and it, yeah, his, yeah. yeah the, very, the very sculpted body yeah I yeah. think I think Maybe maybe this would have been less of an issue if we all hadn't seen Terry Crews doing Benny Benassi yeah because there is something a little bit comedic about it now whereas I don't know what the time was it a panty dropper mm. was it people just like oh my god look at him he's lovely oh look at his bling oh isn't he lush you know I don't know well the video literally is like it's pretty woman isn't it like the it, it's it's this, this sort of inspiration's taken from that so it could be seen as a parody of that couldn't it yeah okay yeah. No. Mm. Mm. maybe this is maybe this is trying to get into acting I did a I did a a, a, a remake of pretty woman so sign me up for <laughs> NCIS please it's only four minutes long <laughs> yeah, who's in who's in Baywatch? What uh, Pamela Who, Anderson? No, the the Baywatch the film with Zac Efron. Uh, who's the other lead? Life? It's not LL, is it? Oh, The Rock. It's The Rock. Oh, funnily enough, I've I've got I've got written here. LL Cool J is like the Rock of the R and B scene. Even yeah. brackets even looks a bit like him. Okay. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. The Rock and LL Cool J's careers have taken you know meteorically different paths. Mm-hmm. Because you know the rocks on massive films and LL Cool J present lip sync battle. Yeah. yeah, but there you go. Yeah, I, I think I like it more than you, but I, I have forgotten yeah. it. And maybe I like it. I less don't than hate I it. Thought. It's just a non. It's a non-starter for me. Mm. Mm. Okay. And finally, if we're talking about non-starters, uh, this is badly drawn. Boy, a number nine called "You Are Right." This is the first single from the second studio album, Have You Fed the Fish? I didn't think I knew it, and then the first note knew it straight away. Mm. Did you know it? No, I did know Badly Drawn Boy, but not this one. And Mm -hmm. when I heard this, I was like, oh, this is not what I thought he did. And the badly, badly Drawn Boy one you know is probably from that film. What film was it famous in? What, uh, About a Boy? About a Boy, yeah. So that's why people tend to know Badly Drawn Boy that aren't Badly Drawn Boy fans at this point. Oh, it's so difficult to say. Did you do research into the background and the structure of this? Uh, you, you go. You tell me what you found. Oh, mine's is just, I was just doing like a kind of um, a Cliff Notes version of it. Oh, right. That you pretty much, he has 
kind of formed a story of his life from different random words, but also famous things said by famous people. All right. Um, so actually, there's there's bits in there that are pieced together as quotes from other celebrities over the years, and it's been turned into a a song, pretty much. A bit like the 1975. Uh, I love it if we made it. Okay. Which is like a, a lot of that's drawn from other stories and other people's perspectives and mm. actual quotes and stuff. So mm-hmm. I like that song, but more than this, I can't really hear this anymore. NME called this Hugh Grant in song form. <laughs> oh, this was, but this was after about this was after this about was a about boy, after, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was going to yeah. perform quite well. But I don't, I don't dislike this. It's not going to, it's not going to be a contender for me this week. But no. I thought we did Mannix, and I was like, oh god. Then I've gone on LL Cool J, and then I thought, do even bother me or listen to Badly Drawn Boy? Mm. And I do because it beats the other two. Yeah, okay. for me, yeah, it does. Um, it does. I do like it yeah. a little bit, and I do. You know, we do get. You see talent like this, especially independent artists, where they come through. They've they've got their singles, and then they kind of disappear, and they're lucky enough to kind of continue to work the scene. But yeah, it definitely is like I understand why it's a hello goodbye at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's got like an American Pie like Don McLean feel to it in some ways like yeah. the, the unwieldiness of it and the storytelling element of it mm-hmm. I think if the vocals were a bit more belty this could almost be a manic track <laughs> itself yeah okay uh, it's kind of sweet it's kind of like you know reasonably clever it's a bit unwieldy it's it's different is it the naughtiest pop track of this no. decade no 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 no, no, no. So we're at that point now we choose some winners. We do episode winners first and then whatever that wins uh, we'll go up against our series winners. So Scott, you go first. I'm in a really strange camp here because this was a bloody interesting week. Yeah. Like a really, tough. really good week. I had six contenders. Okay. And then I removed one because I thought it was forgotten. Mm-hmm. And then because I removed that one, I kind of just removed another one because I thought if I remove that one, you can't have the other one because they're same in a different way. So I want to give honourable mention to S Club, New Direction, because I think it's a bloody brilliant pop track. Mm. I think it was really, really good. But it's forgotten. If we told people about it, they wouldn't remember that one because they'd think of something else. So the other ones must have been more impactful. Yeah. And it's the same for Samantha Mum, but I'm right here. It's a class track, but no one will remember that one, even though... I think that it was really good. Okay. Um, so that kind of left me with four. Four. Will I roll with the four? Go, go I'm with the four. I'm going to roll with the four because the four. yeah. Okay, right. So I've got four. Oh, which way will I do? It? Right. I'm going <laughs> to have to do it this way. It's just. It just. I still feel a bit strange about my number three because it's very different to number two and number one. Mm. Have I got my number two and my number one? <laughs> um. I've had to just accept it. I've had, I've had a, if I, uh. I just think you have to think about what you're going to put up against your series winner. Yeah, I know. Really, now at this point, what? Oh, what? see, I hadn't done that until sorry, just now. Sorry, I. Right, um, I can do my four. Right, in fourth place, Big Brother's new flow. This is Big Bro taking over the show with this new flow. You need to listen up and feel this shit, shit. Cause we won't quit, quit. We make them hits yeah. So it had scored out because I thought they're class and they're cool, but Booty Love is better. Okay. So if Booty Love's better, I'm a wasting a position, but I've kept it in as four. Then the next one, 
obviously there's a strange story to it as well but having the conversation it is a much better track than what people think it is because they think cheese mm-hmm. last ketchup the ketchup song is taken third mm-hmm. position second one two tracks left that made me both made me glow in different ways we're probably on the same lines here mm-hmm. but so. what's number one and what's number two uh, I think Nelly and Kelly Dilemma is a global anthem for everybody because it was such a big pop song and Foo Fighters All My Life was such a huge song it's brilliant but I like rock music so is it is it as global an impact what do you Actually, what, what do you like more okay I, that really is on par but now I've got a logic and this logic's the only thing that's going to separate this out for me Nelly and Kelly Dilemma is just a huge 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 global pop track but I mentioned earlier that Foo Fighters have the ability to not break somebody in but actually suck you in because it's such a powerful track and yeah. for a, a genre a specialist genre track to do that and to completely convert your life on one track Foo Fighters are my number one and Nelly and Kelly are number two So episode winner, Foo Fighters All My Life. Oh, okay. Right, well, that makes me feel better. Good, I was hoping you were going to say that. I haven't (laughs) even looked at your sheet. I haven't looked over it. Yeah, I haven't looked. I was going to offer you a pact. I was going to say, like, right, you choose that and I'll choose Uh this. Just so so they're both represented. Okay. Okay. uh, Right, right, so you're you're what's going in your pot and what's uh, your episode winner? I'm going with a f- four five. I'm going with a five. Okay, fifth place. I'm going ketchup song. Last mm-hmm. ketchup. Fourth, I'm going Big Brothers. No oh, right. flow. Mm-hmm. This is Big Bro, bro. taking over the show. With this new flow, bro. you need to listen up and feel this shit, shit. Cause we won't quit, quit. We make them hits yeah. and stack yeah. them chips. Third, I'm going S Club Juniors. Ah. New Direction, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So you went Foo Fighters as number one. Yeah. Because it's basically like one and one and a half, like between these two. And it's mm-hmm. the same as your two, obviously, because it's the best two. Because you've done what you've done, I'll do the opposite. Because I think both need, both deserve the, the platform. Yeah. I'm glad you've gone Foo Fighters, because mm-hmm. I'm going to go with them second. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dilemma first. Okay, cool. My head was screaming through my decision process. Your question about is this the best solo Destiny's Child yeah. track we get? Yeah. It was just squealing at me and it was such a hard like moment in my brain yeah alright okay. okay so Scott you've now got the choice between Kylie can't get you out of my head now 
the question is, has listening to Kylie while war is breaking out ever made you go, fucking brilliant? Out loud in a crowded <laughs> office. I love how you specified the more precise details well, what happened yeah. on the news that morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did I send you a TikTok across the week? I feel like I tried to send you something and I can't remember if I did, but it was actually Destiny's Child singing Can't Get Out of My Head saying it was such oh. a brilliant pop track. And it was the three of them going, I just can't get you out of my head. So that reminded me of how huge a track it was because I say the same things each week, social impact, you know, multiple hooks, Kathy Dennis, mm-hmm. superstar Kylie, mm-hmm. like banging track after banging track. Um, that isn't what the Foo Fighters have done, but I think the Foo Fighters converted a lot of people with that one track into their world and there's something really special about that there's something purer about Kylie's is there this is where we think Kylie's <laughs> is actually probably about hardcore porn and we've just never twigged but Foo Fighters don't knock her off Kylie stays on alright I think yeah the, um, cool yeah yeah okay yeah right okay um, I feel like you're in difficult territory yeah, right now to be shit. fair so you've got Vanessa Carlton A Thousand Miles versus Nelly and Kelly Dilemma mm. here's your drone if we're going on me and my you know the way I've tracked this podcast it's probably about time <laughs> <laughs> I know it isn't about time it isn't about getting sick of something and then moving on It's. It, 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 I think I just keep bouncing from huge thing to huge thing um, I think Dilemma is oh, I don't know is it, is it bigger? maybe but I'm, but I'm I'm not I'm not really swayed by what's bigger because I mean I've put S Club Juniors in in my pot because I, th- I like it more mm-hmm. and you've not put it in because it didn't do enough. I think we we have very different criteria for this sort of stuff. The question is, do I like Dilemma more? or Do I like A Thousand Miles more? And it's really really hard. Think of the intros first. We'll do intros. Diddly diddly ding. Mm. Okay, and then boom. Oh. Oh. <laughs> my groans haven't twisted yet. I don't know what it's going to do. Um. Picture the Vanessa Carlton being towed around with a piano. Picture that hug from Nelly and Kelly. Oh, I'll gobby si- Paddy LaBelle shouting mm. her in off the street. That that filthy look she gives that girl outside of the cinema. The w- the worst thing about what you just said is there. I do like the start of Dilemma more, and I do like the video Dilemma more. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Having a bit of a dilemma. Dilemma wins. New, new, new winner. <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa. It it was time, and it's happened. Sorry. Okay. As, would society agree? Do we think society agrees before we even see comments mm. from people across the week? I think society would okay. agree, you know. Yeah. Especially people of our, well, mine in your era. Uh-huh. I think we're... I th- All right. Are you, uh, yeah. Well, I've, I've made my choice now. I'll, I'll have to sit in my bed once again. Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, right. right. Uh, so we've both chosen four of the same. So we'll be happy to go with Foo Fighters, Nelly and Kelly, Last Ketchup, Big Brothers as our four for the listeners' choice. Yeah. Let's do that then. That goes up on a Monday. You've got until Wednesday to vote. Get across to our Twitter page at TNN Pod to cast your vote uh, in the most important election of all time this week, I think, between those between those three especially. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I'm not going to say which fourth one I don't think is going to do as well, but I think there, there's some huge tracks there. God, Dilemma's so good. Is. But so is Foo Fighters. I'm glad we both really came to a decision where we both, everyone wins. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So, next time, Blue or Back, as are you two, Craig, David, Shaggy, and 
doing her much-discussed and debated Bond theme, It's Madonna. Plus a solo debut for Justin Timberlake. The first appearance of DJ Sammy and the collaboration everyone wanted, a member of So Solid Crew and Kristen Millian with gravy in the title, baby. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 